Hello, everybody. This is Coach Aaron Saft, and normally I would say welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast, but I have rebranded. Uh, I've got a new logo, um, a new website, a new everything. It's called Running is Life. Uh, it represents my coaching and my podcast much better than um, MR Running Pains, and I'm going to talk about that a lot more uh, after the episode. So uh, stay tuned after the episode for sale. I'll get into a little bit more about the rebranding, but um, I think it more important uh, and more vital and, and more respectful to to talk about my guest, Lauren Jones. Uh, I got to see and meet Lauren at Western States. Uh, we had followed each other on Strava and social media, but never really, I don't think ever we'd ever met in person. So um, after her finish, which was amazing, and that's what we're going to talk about, I uh, wanted to get Lauren on the podcast to talk to her about her Western States experience. So um, my my conversation here will be with Lauren about uh, not only her Western States experience, but everything that she's done in running to get to this point. So I really enjoyed talking with Lauren. Um, she's such a joy to talk to. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. And again, I'll pop on after our conversation and talk more about everything else that's uh, that's going on in the running is life world. So enjoy this conversation with Lauren Jones. Here I am with uh, Lauren Jones. I really, again, thank you, Lauren, for for taking the time. She's on vacation in California. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so Lauren just finished Western States um, a little over a week ago. But um, before we get into all that, Lauren, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and where you come from and what your uh, your background and what you do, all that good stuff. Um, okay. My name's Lauren. Uh, I grew up in Douglasville, Georgia, so like the suburbs of Atlanta. Um, I have been there for a while, lived in Chattanooga for grad school, lived in Baltimore for a couple of years, and then back for at least 10 or 12 years now in Atlanta. Um, I am a pediatric nurse anesthetist. Um, if you can spell that, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, I put kids to sleep um, at the hospital in Atlanta. Um, that is my like job. Um, I've been running probably like 10 years now, maybe, okay. altogether. It's hard to say exactly. Yeah. Um doing ultras for probably seven or eight years um i am engaged to my fiance tim he's on vacation with me now um and he has a 12 year old daughter so i have a 12 year old stepdaughter she's at summer camp for the month um, oh wow <laughs> yeah that is that's our little life <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful absolutely wonderful yeah um ultra sign up has your first results from 2015 so um looks like about eight years and in that time you've done some really cool races um longest one to date looked like coca 250 yep. yep yeah yeah longest tell, race to date yeah yeah tell us uh tell us a little bit about coca Dona. give us the uh the uh the, the brief <laughs> on uh coca Dona. uh it's awesome so definitely highly recommend it uh if you like the desert uh which i do i love arizona and the desert and everything um it was an I wanted to do a long attempt of a race. Um, and that one just lined up perfectly. It was like fun to watch the live stream from the year previous. So I did the second year of the race. Um, and I really wanted to find a long race to do. Got super into live stream and just decided to go for it. Um, I had done an FKT attempt previously. That was about 280 miles. Didn't finish the FKT. Um, but it Which got me really that? interested. Um, just on the Pinhody Trail. 
Oh, okay. I wanted to do the entire pin hoodie. Gotcha. Um, pulled the plug at 280 out of 350, so not quite there. Um, but it made me really interested in the really long multi-day stuff. Um, and so I thought a race would be like a really an easy way to like have logistics already in place. Because uh, that was the thing that I really failed at in the FKT was figuring out logistics and how to how to do that. Um, and so, yeah, went to Kokodana and it was incredible. It was a really cool experience. Um, ended up being able to do really well there, which was really fun. Um, but it was just an entirely different experience when there are a stations and race logistics. There's like live streaming and live tracking and all that stuff. Just a very different experience for my self-supported or like self made kind of FKT attempt with crew and stuff, but still it's very different. Um, it was, it was really, really awesome. Um, <laughs> I met Annie Hughes um, at a hundred miler I did earlier in the year at Coldwater Rumble. And then she also did Kokodona obviously. And um, so we had chatted quite a bit before the race um, and stuff and then chatted like during and after Kokodona a lot. And uh, she was awesome and really cool and fun to chase. I was nowhere near her <laughs> but uh, to try to like keep up and catch up with her was really fun. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. Absolutely. And, and in her own modest way, she she was second. <laughs> so Lauren was second at Kokodona. <laughs> Um, that was awesome. Fantastic. Um, so what, what led you into running and, and trail running and ultra running? How did that all come about? Um, good question. I started running with a friend of mine that I met up in Baltimore and I did a half marathon with her. Um, and I thought that was crazy and really long and absolutely insane. And I would never do a marathon. Um, and I did my first half marathon and I absolutely like loved it. And so then I started like really actually getting into running, um, did a marathon and decided it wasn't crazy long. I thought maybe I could do something longer. And that's how I found trail running because um, that's where you get all the longer things. Um, and as soon as I made the switch from roads to trails, it was done. That was <laughs> that's where I wanted to be. <laughs> so, yeah, never looked back. Right on. And that, was that while you were still in Baltimore that you learned about the trails? And No, that was all here in Atlanta when I got Atlanta. back to Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, they've got a, a good community there. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. Very supportive. Um, so um, when did Western States start coming into the picture for you? Uh, pretty immediately when I found out about trail running. It was like one of the first things I learned about, um, you know, just kind of getting the magazines like Trail Runner, Ultra Running Magazine. Of course, everybody reads Born to Run, you know, all mm -hmm. the things. Uh, sure. So it was on my radar pretty immediately, but I just thought it was like something that I would never get to try. It was just like way above my level of where I was doing. And I was just hoping to finish this local 50K, you know. Um, and so I've always followed it, always been like, thought it was really awesome. And I've uh, been trying to qualify. This was, it took me seven years to qualify um but you know year after year you watch the lottery go by you don't get in and so I just assumed I wasn't gonna ever get in you know and uh which was fine it was still fun to like chase qualifiers and go to cool places to do fun races and just like dream about getting in um talk about lottery day so uh where were you what were you doing when you yeah. heard uh I was not paying attention to lottery at all <laughs> we were uh, down in Savannah over actually at Tybee Island for my fiance Tim's birthday. It was that weekend. And we were at, we had just like played around the beach and we're at this like 
horrible like dive bar drinking Bloody Marys from my styrofoam cup, like the only people in the bar. And um, all of a sudden my phone blew up and I was like, what is happening? And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody must've gotten into Western States. One of my friends must've gotten in. And I looked at my phone and I was like, I got it into Western States. It's me. <laughs> uh, it was like, oh my God. Like it hadn't even like dawned on me that that was possible. And I also happened to have a broken leg at the time and was on a knee scooter. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I was like, of course the year I get in is when my leg's broken. Uh, not even a little bit paying attention to it all. Um, oh so that was, that was kind of cool. We, uh, you know, got to cheers with our little Bloody Mary star foam cups and, uh, that was really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> how long, uh, into the, the, the broken bone? Uh, were you how how much more did you have to go before you were healed um i was getting close to being non-weight bearing um, i broke it during no business 100 last year so that was like mid-october so this was early december so a couple more weeks before i could start putting weight on it um which i'd never broken a bone before and so i didn't realize how much muscle you lose and uh the rehab was really involved in time after that what did that look like the rehab process? Um, it was just like learning to put weight on it again, which was really painful. Surprisingly, I didn't realize how painful that would be. Um, and then, uh, I just wasn't able to flex my foot at all. I couldn't really walk, um, for a long time. So it was a couple, like three or four more weeks of like walking with crutches as support and like working on much specific, like muscle exercises for all the supporting muscles to get them back in shape. Um, and that and was, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, so that was late December, early January when I was starting to do that. That's what I was um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. And I didn't really get to start even trying to run until like February. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, um, so you're probably going to continue PT through February, even March, right? To, yeah yeah um and was that like how many days a week were you doing pt um i went to pt twice a week but i was doing exercises daily at home Uh, um so it's a lot of work on the uh, bosu ball and bands and all kinds of stuff right on were were you able to cross train at all during that time um once i could put weight on it i could um i couldn't even swim or do anything until that time and it turned out I don't like swimming. It's not for me. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, and then I could finally get on the bike once I was able to put weight on my leg. And that even felt really hard and painful. Um, but at least it was like something to get my heart rate up and get some kind of movement. Um, but yeah, it was very slow. <laughs> it uh, felt yeah. like a really well, long time. <laughs> I imagine having the, you know, the the knowledge that you were going to do Western States, you, you had plenty of motivation to to do your PT and, and do your due diligence and, and be a part of the, your rehab. So that's, you know, that's awesome that you had that. Um, not that you wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I'm sure it was a dangling carrot. <laughs> For sure. It was a big, scary uh, thing lingering overhead that, you know, you can't give up Western States. This is like your one shot. You know? uh, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, now you also worked with a coach um, for your training for Western States, had you been working with a coach prior to your injury or was that just something that you picked up for Western States? No, I'd worked with a coach previously. Um, I worked with, um, Nicole Manette, um, who is Pat Reagan's business partner. Um, and we'd been working together for about 
a year or so before I broke my leg. And then she kind of helped me. She's also a physical therapist, which is helpful. <laughs> um, I was able to help me kind of like do a lot of the rehab and stuff too, and kind of ease me back into it all. That's fantastic. It's nice to have that resource. That's great. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, how was the build for Western States? Um, what did that look like for you? Um, it was not a great training block. I did not. I did, it didn't go great. <laughs> um, it was really slow to get back into it. My I It took a long time before I could run without limping um, and just kind of altering my gait quite a bit. Um, and then when I finally did get a little bit more into like regular rhythm, um, then I got COVID for the first time, um, oh, completely knocked me out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that was like a two week period of like, I just couldn't really do much of anything. And when was um, that? Like what, what time frame? Um, probably like March, early okay. March maybe. So you're just getting back into kind of training and, and you get knocked down with COVID. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I felt pretty good. Um, had some good training in there. Um, and then I had this pain in my right leg. I'd broken my left leg. Had a pain in my right leg and I thought for sure I had a stress fracture or something. And so I went into like full panic mode. This is about a month before Western States, uh, four or five weeks, full panic mode, like went to my doctor, got an MRI. Turns out everything is fine. Um, I was just a big wimp, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like totally freaked out. So it was like a week down of not doing anything to not aggravate whatever it was. That was like really painful. Still don't know some tight muscle, I'm sure. Um, but it slowly, it didn't really get better until like the week before the race. Um, and so it finally started to feel better and I didn't feel it at all during the race, which is great. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of like ups and downs and not like, not a smooth training block at all, but yeah, it worked. (laughs) It's rare that they go smooth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, so, um, leading up, you're having conversations with, um, your coach um talk about uh what those conversations were like what was the the outlook for western states what were you guys planning what were your goals and what was the race strategy um yeah it's good so i was really lucky i had two people because nicole was my coach um who got me in really good shape previously um but then i also had the resource of pat um who just knows western states inside and out um and so we talked quite a bit about the course itself because I'd never been on any of the trails out there. I had never really researched the race that in depth because I never thought I'd get in. Um, <laughs> and so it was like a really great to have both resources there that like really helped me get in shape and then really helped me understand how to run the race it was really nice. Um, my main goal was like, don't DNF Western States, <laughs> like <laughs> at all costs, try not to break a bone again this time. Cause this is my first race back after breaking my leg during the race. How did you break your your leg during the race? I was just running and fell super awkwardly and snapped my ankle. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I heard it snap. I knew it immediately. (laughs) Just really clumsy and awkward. (laughs) Um, So I was like, goal one, don't break any bones. Goal two, don't DNF. And then beyond that, I really wanted to go sub 24 and get the silver buckle. Mm -hmm. And then just see, just deal with the day, like do as good as or whatever is a good after that. Um, but those were kind of the main goals. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't know, I had no idea how I would feel after like not running that much for very long. Um, the competition was like huge and stacked. It was such a crazy field. Um, so I was just trying to like take my mind out of 
competing. Yeah, this is not a, a race where you can like be in your normal competitive kind of place. Um, and so this is more about just the experience and finishing and trying to do as well as you can. Um, trying not to feel terrible all day, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was kind of the main thing. And it was really great having the strategy because I, I just didn't understand the course itself. Like you start off with the escarpment and all the high country, which was super snowy this year. Um, and then just having the ideas of like, oh, I should change shoes, which is not something I ever really consider for a race. I just usually start with what I'm in and just keep going. Yeah. Um, so that was really great. Robinson? I did, yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt like a whole new person after I got new shoes. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, they were really, really helpful and made me feel like a lot more confident going in that I at least had some idea of what to expect or what to do. Good. Cool. We'll talk about the, the race itself in a second, but uh, let's talk about the the kind of the week leading up because there's, you know, there's so much that goes on that week and there's so much energy. Um, how did you deal with all that? When did you guys get in and uh, what did your week look like leading up to the race? Yeah, it was busy. It was a cool week. Um, so we got in on Monday before the race. Um, we flew into Reno and just stayed there overnight because our flight landed really late, like 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to, we stayed in the casino. <laughs> just happened to find that was the room we found. And uh, I won $48 on the slot machines for my first <laughs> attempt ever. Um, and then we went, made our way down to Tahoe. Um, and we actually stayed at Olympic Valley um, in the resort there nice. on Tuesday night. Um, and it was I was expecting to walk in and just be like Western States fanfare everywhere, but like it was Tuesday. So it's still early and there was nothing set up at all. And it was a little underwhelming and I was like, Oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, and then we had an Airbnb for our whole group starting on Wednesday through the following Monday. So then we went to Chucky where our Airbnb was and we had a very big house of people. There was 11 of us in the wow. house which just felt like very busy and stressful at times. Um, yeah. But it ended up being really great and really, really fun. It was, okay. I wouldn't have changed that experience at all. It was really cool. So talk about uh, those 11 people. Um, who were they and, you know, what, what were their, uh, their, their roles? Um, so it was me and Mike Ritchie. He's also from Atlanta. who was running the race. Oh, okay. Um, he, and uh, he had his buddy James, who was his crew and pacer as well. And then I have brought a huge group, um, which is not usually how I go to races, but <laughs> everybody wants to go to Western States. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. Um, so I had Tim, my fiance, and then I had uh, his brother, Phil, and my buddy, Eli, where um, they were actually my crew at Cocodona. Um, and so brought that crew back together. Um, and then I added in my brother and my two good girlfriends, Holly and Rebecca, um, who were my pacers as well. Um, Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so you're over in Truckee, which isn't too far um, from the Olympic Valley. It's what, like a 15 minute drive or so? Yeah. 20 minutes, something like that. Minutes, it's not yeah. far. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, so um, it, it really, it seemed like uh, Thursdays when kind of things started to assimilate, maybe they started setting up a little bit on Wednesday, but it's really Thursday where things started to to happen. So how um, how close did you stay in proximity to Olympic Valley? Did you visit? Um, what were you doing in those days leading up? 
yeah, I wanted to be a part of everything. <laughs> I was like, kept getting warned by my coaches and uh, Tim and everybody was like, you can't do everything. You have to relax or something I'm like, but I don't want to miss anything. You know, um, I'd never been out to the race. I'd never experienced any of it and just wanted to see it all. But we ended up going to a, a happy hour meet and greet kind of thing that was hosted on Wednesday evening, mm-hmm. um, which ended up being really fun. It was at the little coffee shop there in Olympic Valley um and walk in and like immediately get welcomed by dylan bowman um which is just like a voice in the face you've always seen and heard you know but like never met right um and then you just look around the room and it's every single famous person um that has anything to do with the running world uh all in one room right there together and just like accessible and talking and chatty and that was really cool it was really fun yeah yeah that is cool yeah um side story um dylan bowman was running down from roby point when i was going up and so of course i recognized him and he's like legendary bro (laughs) you know it's so funny (laughs) to to see him i I talked about that on on my podcast when i talked about the race but it was just so funny to see him coming down and then yeah you get the voice right away you're just like there it is (laughs) that's who it is yep that's really cool uh um, so that that would be we i had to go uh, pick up my wife and son at the airport that night. Otherwise I was, I wanted to attend that as well. That looked like it would have been a lot of fun. So um, very cool. Wednesday night getting to rub elbows with everybody. Um, did that make you um, more excited, more nervous, more calm? How did that, what kind of state did that put you in seeing all those people? A little bit of all of it. Uh, yeah. Definitely made me more excited that it was like, okay, the race stuff is happening. It's starting to like kick off. That was exciting. It also made me feel like a fish out of water. Like this is so big and this is so beyond like my abilities and like all the things like I didn't feel like I belonged at all. Um, and so it's kind of that, um, you know, it's just such big names and such big people and such a big event. Um, so it was like made me really nervous, but also kind of made me just like chill out a little because there's nothing you can do. Like this is the world's biggest like stage and biggest <laughs> competition. It's like, well, of course you're not gonna like i don't know um i always get really competitive and so it's like (laughs) this is it was easy to a little chill out about it because you know i'm not gonna beat courtney DeWalter. i'm not gonna beat keely henninger i'm not gonna beat camille here and you know like this is not in the cards and so it's just like just chill and relax and have the day have your day you know yeah yeah that's cool uh so going home that night what were your what were your thoughts going home that night like you know how are you gonna um how are you going to handle Thursday? Cause as you said, Thursday was even a bigger day. There was like so many activities going on. So um, yeah. what, what did you, what were you thinking Wednesday night? I was just like a kid on Christmas Eve, just waiting. <laughs> I just could not wait to get back out there on Thursday. We, yeah. um, we had all the whole house and signed up and we all did the Hoka group run on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a really fun way to get the day started off. And that's where um, we saw each so, other. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and then we just kind of stayed around for a while and just like experience, just try to walk around and see all the things and experience everything. Um, but yeah, I was like just beyond excited to get there and see more people coming in and see the actual stuff happening, like getting to run a little bit because I hadn't run that early in the week, really. Um, so getting a little bit of nerves out with the little run was nice too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. Did you do any race prep on Thursday? Anything that you took care of that on Thursday? Yeah, I got most of, I got some stuff ready. I put some like little bags of gels and stuff together labeled for the aid station, mm-hmm. you know, that my crew would be at. Yep. Um, packed up my pack and 
um, I didn't, there's not a ton to get ready really because I use all the uh, nutrition stuff that they have on course, which is really convenient. Um, so it's mainly just a little bag of some extra shoes and uh, some clothes to change into and some extra hydration and fuel and stuff. Um, so, but it feels good to get it all like your outfit laid out, your pack laid out, make sure you've got everything together, you know? Yep. Yep. It just takes yeah. those race nerves off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and then um, Friday was packet pickup. So uh, talk about packet pickup. Cause I know you had a, a pretty emotional experience. <laughs> I did. Oh my gosh. It all kind of hit. Um, went to, we did, there's a rabbit run, another group run that we did um, right before and then went to packet pickup from that. And um, I was just the same emotions of just being really excited. And then I think just standing in line for packet pickup, I was right behind Casey Lichtig. Um, so we chatted with her for a bit. She was really sweet and really fine and, um, made our way in and I wasn't expecting to feel like emotional or anything. Um, they gave me my bib. I got my little picture and then you go around to this other table and they put your yellow armband on, um, that's like your race band. And, uh, I don't know. It was like all hit me at one time. Like this is actually happening. I'm actually here. I'm actually running this. <laughs> and I just like started sobbing and like couldn't control it. Um, it was just like, I was so excited and so happy to get to be here and experiencing this. Um, yeah. And then every time everybody looked at me, everybody was like, oh, are you okay? And then it makes you just cry even more. So I'm trying to walk around. I have my little book bag where they're like loading up all the goodies and treats. Yep. And I'm just like, thank you. I'm just sobbing and crying. <laughs> um, and then I started feeling silly because I was crying and it made me cry more. You know? um, but it was, I'm actually still wearing it. I still have it on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was really cool. I, I think I'd been living in fear of like, I had this, you know, I broke my leg during a race, didn't get to finish that, which I was a race that I was like really excited about, um, was having a really good day. And then that was like taken away, um, a vacation right afterwards had taken, been taken away because my leg was broken, couldn't go on. There was like so many things that I felt like I missed out on because of it. And I still like didn't, didn't believe I was actually going to get to like come and experience Western States. I thought somehow like the weeks leading up to, I was like, something's going to happen and I'm not going to get to go. I don't know what it was. And it was just like this feeling that I had, like it's going to be taken away from me um, somehow. And to like get there and have the band put on was like, no, this is actually, you are getting to do this. This is actually happening. Uh, so it was just kind of all that release at the yeah. same time. Cause you, you had not, aside from starting no business, you hadn't raced since uh, Cocodona. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, is that something that you're, you typically do you don't race much before your goal race i have gone back and forth when i first started trail running i used to sign up for like a race every month and just wanted to do everything you know? <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and then you're constantly either tapering or recovering um and so then i figured out i think once i finally got a little bit more serious about it and got a coach and stuff i realized that it's a little smarter to have like a build and have a goal race and um you know you can use races as good training runs too for sure um but it's smarter for goal races to like not race all around it um yeah i've kind of leaned down how many races i do a year and what was your your biggest effort going into western states what was your your longest effort um, I went down to Florida with two my Holly and Rebecca, my two pacers, and we did a fifty mile run um to self supported on the Florida trail down there. 
Cool. Um, that was my longest. Yeah. And that felt pretty good. I felt great um, nice. the whole time. Awesome. Very cool. So now you've got your, your bib, your, your bracelets strapped on. Have you ever experienced anything like, I mean, I know Western States is, is very, um, you know, it's, it's a very, I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not like any other race, um, aside from like I've experienced like UTMB, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, which is a huge grand scale. Um, but what, what would be the next biggest thing? Would it be Cocodona? Would that be the like next biggest thing you've done? Yeah, definitely Cocodona. Um, which was still the same experience of looking around and seeing all these famous people, you know, like I'm yep. in line to get my bid behind Jason Coop. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was still not the same scale as Western States was. It still felt different. Um, so yeah, that was definitely the next closest. Um, I will say, even though Western is such the big thing that it is, there's something really noisy over there. I'm sorry if that's loud. It's okay. <laughs> um, it still has they still managed to have like a really small town or like small old school feel to it, which yeah. I think is really impressive. Um, it's such a massive thing, but it still somehow feels like a local race almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we often forget, like you were saying is like that, that the elites are, they're promoted so much at Western States. We forget that there's probably another 300 and, 50-ish, you know, just average ordinary Joes that are, are racing, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, they definitely call out the elites and, uh, you know, because of podcasts and articles and everything that comes out, it's like, it seems the focal point because it is, it is a, it's a very competitive race, but you know, there is, it, we have to remember that there, there's a ton of other just normal average people just, you know, going out there to, you know, get to the finish line. Um which, you know, I, I got to see a lot of those firsthand <laughs> due to my day, <Yeah. laughs> but you know, it was, uh, and that was, you know, amazing to, I like, usually I don't have that, you know, experience, but it was, it was, you know, it was amazing to watch some of these folks, you know, really just trying to, to get through the race, which was cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. so, um, so Friday night, what, what did Friday night look like for you? <laughs> So that's where I just like turn into a mess. Uh, the race, oh, the pre-race nerves just like kill me. Um, I just want to get started. You know, I hate yeah. the waiting to to start. Um, yeah. so I mean, I felt good. I was like, I had the best crew of people around me that were so positive and happy, and like it was a fun vibe in the house. And there was enough people that there was so much distraction. I wasn't just sitting and like thinking about the race starting. Yeah, that was happening plenty, but it was also there was a lot of distraction too, which is nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, I tried to go to bed early. I don't think it really helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just all the pre-race. You just start getting like little butterflies and, um, I always just feel like so wound up and, um, just anticipating everything, not knowing how the day's going to go, just hoping yep. it goes well, you know, right. all those yep. things. Totally. Right on. So, uh, what was wake up time for you? Uh, what time do we get up? 2.30. Woo. <laughs> um, two or 2.30, I panic and I, I had this really bad experience with uh, the Pinhoti 100 um, okay. a couple years ago. Um, I was with my siblings, they were my crew, and I have a twin sister and two other brothers. And uh, we stayed at the finish line because it's a point to point 100 miler. And right. so we stayed at the finish and we're driving to the start in the morning. And it was a total chaos on the way. We oh. lost gear out of the back of the car, had to oh, go no. find it. It was dark. 
One of the roads, the exit was closed. We almost didn't get there oh in time gosh. for the race. I like had a sprint from the car to the start line just to like start the race on time. Okay. Didn't have any of my stuff with me. Uh, I had some stuff in my pack, but we were planning to have time at the start to like right. prepare things. And so it was just total chaos. It was a really <laughs> stressful morning. <laughs> and so I didn't want that to happen again. So right. I always show up very early um, to races because it just gives me a little more buffer time. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to be there by like four um, and then the race didn't start till five. And so I right. just gave plenty of time. Um, and I stay Good. a lot closer to the start line now. <laughs> so, uh, just trying to avoid all those things. But yeah, it was an early start time. But being um, from on the West Coast, it didn't feel as early as right. it probably did to other people. It was like a 5.30 start, which is usually when I get up anyway. So that felt fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, it was it was fun being in the corral. Like, you know, I, I saw Holly off to the side and, and you know, she had just as big of a grin as, as you um has holly done western she's not no no but is it in her in her goals yeah she's been applying she's got her name in there um she got to run 20 miles away with me which is fun <laughs> yeah yeah so, we'll, we'll we'll talk about those um we'll, we'll get there um that's because it was it was really nice to to see you know just not only your two interactions like i just kept looking around and and seeing the you know the the, the, some folks were definitely nervous and you know but you could see like how much it meant for all, all pretty much everyone to be standing there you know which was cool um it was it, it was just a amazing environment you know because i think all of us had just gratuity in our hearts for the fact that we're standing there um so what's going through your your mind as we're you know we're getting to the final countdown and the, the start's about to to happen yeah, I think you kind of nailed it. Just like so grateful that I was healthy and had made it and nothing had happened. I was actually standing here. Um, <laughs> this was actually going to happen. Um, right. I was like just full of tears and emotions and like all happy, good emotions. Yeah. Um, but like every time I stopped and thought about it, I was just like crying. Um, I like, just was so, so incredibly happy and so grateful um, to be there um, <laughs> to get to experience this. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, that this was actually happening. I still, it still is crazy to me that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was full of emotions, like super nervous, just not sure. You know, that yeah. first climb in the snow, I didn't know what to expect. So I was just very nervous to get those first 15 or so miles out of the way. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's, let's jump into that. Um, the escarpment is our, our first obstacle, right? The climb up. Um, we hit the snow pretty quickly. Um, so talk about, <laughs> talk about your, your climb up. How'd that go? Uh, it was so much harder than I thought it would be <laughs> like <laughs> immediately started. Um, you know, you don't get too far in and there's some really steep sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like a slow way to start a race, you know? Um, but it was fine. I was cruising. Um, I saw you up there you were crushing that climb. <laughs> um, Climbs are my Pat was up there. He was like halfway up. That was really fun to get a big giant hug from him. Um, That felt like a really good little boost because that was already like, oh my gosh, this is hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And already kind of getting like overwhelmed. Um, And then the snow started happening. And uh, apparently I don't know how to do snow at all. Um, Being from Georgia, we just don't have any. um, (laughs) What were you wearing for shoes? 
What did you um, wear? I use, I wear Sauconies usually. Mm-hmm. And okay. then so I had the, the Peregrines, which are okay. like their big, beefy, um, grippy shoe, mm-hmm. um, which is a, one of my favorite shoes. Um, but I guess Snow and Ice is just a whole different beast. <laughs> did it, was it able to, to shed or did it pack the snow into your, your tread? It shed the snow for sure. Good. It just wasn't, um, I'm sure grip on snow is just, that's why they make spikes. Oh I yeah. It's, um, I mean, yeah. I don't think there was a shoe out there that could have helped, <laughs> you know, like, I yeah. mean, there's shoes that didn't help, <laughs> you know, like, right. I, unfortunately I got to see Camille, but I mean, yeah. was, you know, like she, she was wearing those, those Lululemons and I was just like, why would you wear why? those? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, you're already going to have a problem in the snow, <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, yeah, the climb up, I mean, did you get to turn around and see the sunrise? Yeah, I've been told so many times to turn around and see the sunrise. So I just, I didn't get my phone out because it was buried in like a Ziploc bag in my pack. <laughs> um, but I was just trying to take, I figured other people are going to take pictures. I'll just steal their pictures. <laughs> um, but I turned around a bunch and it was absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. it was crazy how fast Olympic Valley is just like way down there and how right. high you get yeah. so quick. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, just watching. Did you feel the difference in the altitude? I could, um, I could even feel it the few days leading up, which was surprising to me because I've done Leadville and um, have been out there several times to train and do different stuff. And I usually do just fine as long as I stay under 10,000 feet. It's the above 10,000 that gets me. Yeah. But I was feeling the altitude at Western, which I didn't expect at all. Um, I thought that would be fine because you don't go above, I don't think you go above nine. nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was surprising, but yeah, yeah, that view back, uh, looking over at the valley and the lake and everything, it was, yeah. that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. And yeah. the, the, just the people tunnel at the top, you know, when you get to the, the summit, oh my gosh, it was so cool. Um, you know, it was like, I almost wanted to, to get through there just because of how loud it, it was, but uh, <laughs> it was so loud. yeah, for sure. That was, that was cool though. And then you, you get over to the top and now we're in the high country, right? So that's our, our next section. Mm-hmm. So take us through the high country. How'd that go? Yeah, it started off great because you made it through the little tunnel, the people tunnel at the top mm-hmm. of the escarpment, and then yeah. it went on to some trails that were like not snowy for a brief minute. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, and then you immediately drop into the trees and get uh, snow, and it was a very rude awakening. Uh, I was not not prepared, not like, I don't know how you train for that if you don't have access to snow, um, yeah. but I was slipping and sliding everywhere. Um I fell like 20 or 30 times at least, Um, you know, but towards the end, I started figuring out that like, it was better to sit and like slide down some of the inclines, you know, and uh, I figured out how to like kind of skate down on your feet a little bit from time to time. So I was getting better at it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I didn't know the word for it. Um, (laughs) I was getting better at it, but I definitely wasn't. I was very slow and clumsy and kept falling. And um, I just remember looking around in a, just seeing like trying to spot where the flags and where the course were and in my field of vision like the entire way there's just people slipping and sliding and like bowling balling other people down and <laughs> I just like laughed and like talked to some other guy that was near me and I was like this is total chaos <laughs> we just like cracked up laughing and I'm like oh well you know like yep. luckily it's so early in the race that um you're not in a negative place or anything yet at least right. I wasn't um and so you can kind of roll with the punches a little easier and yeah. it's just like well we're all doing this together I look down <laughs> and there's Camille you know like 
just calling falling and um i couldn't help her because i could barely stand up i felt bad yeah Yeah. um i'm like well we're all doing the same thing if camille's down there i'm struggling we're all struggling so i just got to keep moving you know and just hopefully it'll be it'll be over at some point um but yeah it was that was a struggle yeah yeah for sure i hear you um but once we got kind of the duncan canyon it you know the, the snow pretty much dissipated um a little bit on our way back up to robinson flat but um how were you feeling at that point because you could you know you could definitely run a little bit more at that point Um, I felt like total garbage. <laughs> it was like the, the climb at the escarpment, the high country in the snow, the altitude was really bothering me. Um, I just never, you know, such a long time of just never getting into a rhythm. Um, and so I just never, never like got there and was just really struggling. And that was weighing on me. Um, mentally, I was not feeling great. Physically, I wasn't feeling great. Um, and I was in a... pretty dark place by Duncan Canyon and it was really early um and so then that got me more frustrated uh because I was like this is western states you have to be happy like you can't be negative you can't be sad during western states you know like this is your one chance and so I was like beating myself up for not being excited um but then also not feeling good and so I was not in a good place <laughs> Understood. Yeah, I was feeling about the same. I just my legs just didn't want to run, which was you know super frustrating. Um, but um, yeah, we got into Robin's flat. Um, you came in right behind me, and uh, got to your crew. Talk about that that interchange there because that was our first time we got to see them. So how did that go? Yeah, that was a big relief um, to see crew. Um, they were all there and excited and happy and um, went behind the tape and sat down. I was going to change my shoes there. Um, but as soon as I saw everybody, I just like lost it. <laughs> I was just a big ball of tears apparently all weekend. Um, but I was just like, this is so hard. You know, I was just being, feeling sorry for myself. Um, they did a good job of like getting me in and out. I think I spent three or four minutes there, got Yeah. shoes changed, new socks and stuff and got reloaded up. Um, so it was just a very, it's a very brief interaction, but like a lot happened. Um, it was really good to see everybody. Um, I was really looking forward to the long downhill after that to just kind of regroup, you know? Um, and so I just, you know, they gave me a really good pep talk and were like, it's okay. You're doing fine. I'm like, I think they're lying to me, but whatever, just got to keep moving. Um, so they kicked me out. And then that, that next section, the downhill all the way down to the canyons. Um, it was, that was nice. Um, I definitely felt like I regrouped a bit there. Oh, good. Um, I still Yeah. wasn't totally mentally out of it, but it physically I was feeling better especially as we descended out of the altitude um I physically was feeling a lot better as we got lower and lower I, I, I did not think <laughs> it just stayed, no you know, consistently crappy <laughs> for no 24 <laughs> oh no hours. It just stayed bad. So, I mean, I'm glad you got out of it because it was, uh, I mean, you know, I, on, on the other hand though, mentally I didn't get, you know, I didn't get negative. I didn't get frustrated. I just was like, this is my day. Like, this is the reality, you know? So, um, but I mean, yeah, it's just kind of running down and, you know, and then we get to the, the canyons there. Um, you know, what was, what were your thoughts going into the canyons? I was terrified of the canyons. Uh, I didn't know how bad that was going to be and how hot it was going to be, the fire exposure and just how steep and tough. So I'd, I'd been kind of like worried about the canyons leading up to the race. Um, and then, but I was also like looking forward to getting there and like checking that off the list. You know, you have like the big hardest climb first, like, okay, let's get, 
do it and check it off done you know so there was um it was a little bit mixed emotions um i still wasn't feeling great that climb up to devil's thumb is rough yeah for sure <laughs> it was oh really goodness. rough yeah um i was I was right back into my major low point once I got to the top of that. Um, I actually called Tim on my phone, leaving Devil's Thumb on my way to Michigan Bluff and called him and I was just, again, crying because <laughs> that was my day. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing so terrible. I feel terrible. I was like, I'm having an awful day. And, you know, it wasn't, there was no way you could make me drop, but I was like, just sad to like see goals go out the window. And um, so at that point I was well behind 24 hour pace. Um and just like wasn't feeling like I was going to be able to make that time up at all. Um, I it was you. just kind of grieving that loss a little bit, you know. Um, and yeah, I was in a really bad place. Um, so he likes to play these games where he doesn't like entertain me talking to him on the phone. And he's like, okay, you'll be fine. And he like hangs up. Because um, <laughs> it's like he knows if I like talk about it and get emotional that I'll get in a worse place. Yeah. Um, but if sometimes it's good just to like voice it out loud and then like let it go. Um, and then I can like dig myself back out, um, which is, which is what works. And yeah. he's done it in the past. Um, and it, it definitely does work, but I still was not in a good place by Michigan bluff. I came in there, um, in a like the lowest point I'd been. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not the same for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then your crew was there at Michigan bluff, right? They were there. Um, I came in and I saw, I thought I was just doing absolutely horribly and like really behind me. And I saw Heather Jackson limping in because um, she hurt her ankle, I believe. Um, I saw Camille um, laying in a chair there covered up with a blanket. Um, so we did the same thing. They were really great. And um, I just needed to re-up on fuel and hydration and get out of there. Um, but Pat was there and Tim had already kind of warned him like, I'm in a, she's in a really bad place. Um, so I got, I feel like I got like the expert pep talk, um, <laughs> from Pat there and, uh, and it was just what I needed. Like, um, you know, I said all the same things. Um, I was like, it's just like a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And he's, you know, his reaction was like, well, yeah, of course it's hard. He's like, why do you think this is the, the biggest, most important race in North America? And I was like, these are good points. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and he's like, this is where you have to get gritty. And I was like, yeah, I can get gritty, you know? And um, <laughs> so I left there and I was like, okay, you will cry, baby. I was like really um, beating myself up for being like so weak, I felt, you know? And so I left there and it was actually a really nice section between uh, Michigan Bluff to Forest Hill. It was. it was a lot better. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I kind of regrouped and like, was like get your get your shit together you know yeah get it going um yeah. and so and i did and i don't know what exactly happened um if it was just like mentally knowing when i got to forest hill i had 30 something miles left not 40 something not 50 something um i was picking up a pacer at forest hill you know all the things i think i finally just like beat myself up enough to like you know get out of snap out of it you know um, and I showed up to Forest Hill. Um, Holly was my pacer there, and she had come back um, on Bath Road a bit to meet me before that. And I felt like an entirely new person. I was happy. I was excited for the next section. Um, that was when I finally was mentally in the game and was like ready to to like 
start having a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, before, before that, it was just a terrible, it was an awful day before that. Um, and that was where I finally started like get get myself in the game, get my mind in the game. Um, and that was good. Nice. Yeah. So um, you're picking up Holly at uh, at Forest Hill. And so she's going to take you through the, the Cal Street sections. Um, how close were you to nighttime at this part? Um, we still had at least an hour or two. I forget exactly when we didn't make it to the river in the daylight, but we were not too, too far from there. Um, yeah, but we, we picked her up. She was like so peppy and happy and she was just like mm-hmm. the most happy, like bubbly person, um, which is like <laughs> perfect for what you need when you're feeling low, you know? <laughs> Um, and we've run together so much that, um, I think that's like really important for a pacer is just someone that you feel is like fully comfortable with. Um, and like, she's seen me really low on just runs that we do together. She's seen me really high. Like we've had tons of runs and experience together. So it's, you can like read each other, which is really nice. Um, she was a really great company. Um, I didn't have enough energy to like really chat a whole lot myself, you know? Um, which she was like able to deal with and, and be okay with. Um, but we had a really fun time. She was just kind of catching me up with what was happening with the crew and like all the cool famous people she'd seen all day and <laughs> just the experience that they had had, which makes me feel better when they're, when I know my crew's having a good time, I, it takes so much weight off of me that I'm not stressed about them, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And I felt like we were making, we were kind of finally able to run a little bit and, trying to make some good time we cruised through a couple of aid stations just like not, not really needing anything and um just started to feel a lot better through that section for sure and then we our goal was to like okay let's see if we can like start passing some people now it's like you've gotten through the really hard parts of the race and now this is the place where we start can we race if you can race let's race and like let's try to pick us some people off um so we did pass some people um heading down to the river which is really fun Oh, nice. That, so um, you got through the, the Cal C- Street sections <laughs> pretty unscathed. It sounds like you're actually doing much better. Um, so you get to Rucky Chucky. Um, were your crew at Rucky Chucky or did they meet you at Green Gate? They were at Green Gate. They're at Green Gate. Okay. So yeah. um, you basically got to Rucky Chucky. Did you hit the aid station at all? No, nope, we cruised right through the aid station. I didn't really need anything and I had crew right at Green Gate. So um cruise through there we had just passed up several people um so then we were like making a game out of it um like how many people can we pass and she was like really charging up and like really like firing me up to do that kind of stuff <laughs> and then we got down to the river and um she's like okay we just passed those people let's get in the boat before they get down there so they can't get in our same boat and you know <laughs> like get a lead on them um so we go down there the boat was so much fun i was like this is awesome we're in we're in rucky chucky we're in a boat you know <laughs> i finally was like ex- like experiencing western states you know that yep. day for yep. the day and um that was really fun and one of my uh friends was volunteering there um so i got to see her briefly and give her a hug real fast before heading out of there um it was that was really fun and just like such a major boost like crossing the river was such a boost and such an iconic part of the race um it's such a milestone to get done and past you you know mm-hmm. yeah um, that was like it just gave me so much energy i was really excited then and um i thought the climb up to green gate was going to be terrible and it wasn't we were able to like hike it pretty pretty strongly um so that felt really nice even running some sections um 
Yeah. And we got to Green Gate and my other pacer met us partway down, um, Rebecca, and she was going to take me from Green Gate to the finish. We did like a little pacer swap there. Yeah. Um, but my crew is great. They got me in and out. Like I never spent more than two or three minutes at aid stations, um, awesome. which is great. Yeah. Did a good job. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that Green Gate, you know, I, I, I actually really enjoyed that, you know, well, I really wasn't awake from Green Gate to Auburn Lakes because I was zombie walking. But, um, you know, that that last piece of the course, I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought that you were in a different time. I, I got daylight, so I got to see a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, but that was actually a really beautiful part of the course. I'm actually glad I got to see it in daylight. Um, but how, what was your experience for, you know, from there? Like, take us from uh, Green Gate to... Um, well, let's go to Hal Corners Aid Station. Yeah. Um, so I kind of forgotten at that point. It was like late in the race and I kind of forgot where the aid stations were anymore. I had a little list on my pack, but it was dark and I was just too tired yeah. to like dig around and get it. And so we're like, I think there's aid stations like every couple of miles, but we kind of forgot that that aid station existed. Um, but Rebecca was really great and like was really good at pushing me and like really trying to get me to run the best that I could. Like her focus was like, um, she really wanted me to just like have the best day I could and yeah. like have, yeah. You know, she's like, I want you to have a day you're proud of, you know. Even how were you doing on hour pace? Um, I was starting to creep up closer to achieving it. Cool. Um, we had made up some time. I think the I was almost an hour behind twenty four hour pace around Michigan Bluff area. Okay. Um, and by Green Gate, I was like within twenty minutes. Wow. Of 24 nice. hour pace. Yeah. So I was making really up some time. Up Cal Street. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and so Rebecca was like, which is hilarious because she doesn't wear a watch, a running <laughs> watch. Um, she's like, Do you trust me? Uh, and I was like, Yes. Yeah. So he's like, Okay, just do what I do and we're going to get you under 24 hour pace. And I was like, Okay. That sounds good. You can be there. But uh, which she did a remarkable job of without even wearing a watch. I don't know how she does it. Um, but yeah, we, she kept me honest with my pace and kept checking in to make sure like, are you good? You know, we um, kept a really good, strong pace. We ended up passing um, a lot of girls through that section. One, one of which we kept leapfrogging with, um, but we're just feeling really good and had some, some of the miles felt faster than what my watch was telling me they were. Um, <laughs> but it, it was a really fun single track section. I can imagine it was really pretty in the daytime. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it looked it seemed like it was really really pretty in there those were great trails nice yeah. um so um you got into howl's aid station there um which uh name of it's escaping me at the moment but it's the third to last aid station so Corey one, road maybe what was it i'm sorry Corey road maybe um not in the big meadow not that one the one before yeah. that um, I forget the name. Yeah, I forget the name. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. They're probably screaming <laughs> right now. Everybody knows it. But um, but anyway, did you recognize Hal and uh, Scott Jurek with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, immediately. I totally forgot that they do that aid station, and that was like really cool. And um, Hal just seemed like the nicest person ever. Um, I mean, they both did. Um, and they were like really excited. They were like you're 15 minutes up on 24 hour pace. You got to go. And I was like, okay. Where are <laughs> going? Um, and awesome. so they were, they were like really, really encouraging and really excited. And they, you could tell they were like having a good time out there. Um, oh. And so that was fun. And it gave us a little, 
excitement. Okay, like we're making progress. We're like now we're like under twenty four hour pace. We just have to keep it. Um, and so that was really exciting because I think you're maybe fifteen miles from the end at that point. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that was okay. I was like, if we can keep this pace up, if we do this, we're gonna make it. Um, pointed rocks, right? Yeah, you know, and then pointed rocks. The one before pointed rocks. They were the one before pointed rocks. Pointed rocks. Okay, I'm trying yeah. to look for it right now as as you were talking. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I yeah, totally I forget. Right. Um, and they were just like making sure you don't miss that turn. That I think yes. was a famous turn that Jim. Right. Yes. Um, missed yeah, which which was ago. very well marked. <laughs> it was. It was very well marked. It was great. <laughs> but we were like, don't miss the turn. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, that was great. I was still able to climb really well, and so um, I was. Uh, the climbs were actually nice because uh, my legs were just they start to get tired of the downhills and the running, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that climate to pointed rocks was really strong in, um, my Rebecca is already an incredible climber. And so just mm -hmm. trying to keep up and follow her up those climbs was really great. and was making us do like incredible time, um, <laughs> just zoom and pack some people. Um, she was like playing games with some, she was like, okay, she's like, you need to eat a gel right now. Cause we're going to go past these people. And like, you have to run past them really strong and then keep running past them. So they see your headlight going, you know, so they don't think <laughs> so just like breaking it all down. It's like little chunks and just making it exciting and like a game. Um, nice. so we had a really good time in there. Um, and then, so we were coming up to pointed rock and we were about to pass another girl. We actually passed her as we entered the aid station. Um, but uh, we had already done a check-in. I didn't really need anything at the aid station. There's so much aid on the course. Um, you don't necessarily need stuff at every one of them, which is great. And so we just planned to blow right through there. Um, Your crew so wasn't there. They were not there. Um, we were worried about the time getting from Pointed Rocks to Roby Point. And so we decided, since I have a pace here and there's aid, we didn't need through there. Cool. Um, just to make sure that they had time to get to the finish and get up to Roby Point. Um uh, that was really that was really cool. I had finally seen Roby Point. You, know, you see it on the live stream every year. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're here, and um, we blasted through there and passed um, the girl right then. And she saw us blasted, so then she started chasing us down. So then we're like racing, you know, <laughs> we're like five miles from the end, like legit racing this girl. And then there's we passed three other girls between Roby and the No Hands Bridge. Wow. Um, and so that that was really fun to just like be racing. It was like motivating. It got me like working hard and like trying to get there. You know, you're not just like blogging the miles out, but you're like, yep. it's exciting. Um, cool. So we passed the, the third or fourth girl right as we got on Williams Bridge. And so she was like, don't look back. We just have to run. And at that point, it's doable. It's like three more miles. Right? Yep. And so it's like you can keep the effort up. Um, right. And so we were just running, kind of scared, and uh, she would look over and see like headlights coming, but we didn't know if that was like boys or girls or like who it was, you know. <laughs> I don't know their headlights, um, and so we like charged up Roby Point, um, like just ran really quick, and I was like, just let everybody know that we're not stopping at Roby, we're just running right through it, you know. So she's texting the crew while we're running and climbing, um, and so they're all there waiting, and that was just like such a cool place to finally get across the bridge up to Roby Point which is all you could possibly imagine getting to you know for all <laughs> yes. these months leading up to it and I yep. was like we're at Roby Point 
um, and then it just kept going up. <laughs> it just never <laughs> stopped going up. So I was like, oh, I didn't realize how much more up there was. <laughs> um, but it felt so good. I dropped my pack. I gave it to um, my crew and was just able to run without anything on me. It felt like free and great. Um, and we were just trying to keep a pace, just trying to keep headlights and chasing us in the back. And, uh, so it was like, it was fun to kind of have that experience going all the way down to the track. Um, yeah. And then getting there and like finally actually making that turn on the track was absolutely incredible. And I was like bawling my eyes out again. But this time, like happy, happy good tears. Like I actually made it. Um, so it, was, it was really cool. I just tried to like soak it in, just like look, watch everything and see it all. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I still can't believe I got to do that. <laughs> I still can't yeah. believe I got to run down the track and to that finish line. Um, and then I was I was well under 24 hours, and that felt really good. So I, was, nice. I didn't I didn't see like earlier on I, the math that was working out in my my trail math. I didn't see a world finishing under 26 hours, um, and then making in there uh, under 24 felt really good. <laughs> it felt That's nice. tremendous. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so great. Yeah. So sub 24, um, you were 18th female. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Which top 20. That's, that's incredible performance. I'll take it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's such a, what an amazing story, especially for how the day started, you know, um, you went through a lot of lows, came through them and that's, oh man, such a, a great accomplishment. So, um, did, uh, was Nicole there or no? No, she wasn't able to come. Pat was there. Yeah. yeah Obviously, absolutely. you know that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what was that conversation like with Nicole? Did you talk to her soon thereafter? Yeah, we um, texted pretty immediately. Then we talked on the phone um, afterwards. Um, Pat took some pictures and sent them to her. And uh, she was just like so happy and proud. And she had <laughs> actually I had my phone on airplane mode and in my pack and didn't look at it for a while. Um, but she had texted me like through that last stretch, like watching the tracker. Um, I was like, come on, you know, like cheering me on. It was like sweet. Um, but yeah, she's nothing but excited and proud and, and happy. It was really, really sweet. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations again. Um, Thank you. What else is on the bucket list for you? Um, well, I'm going back to no business. Uh, Got to get a little redemption there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm still trying to figure out plans for... Um, after that, I mean, I have tons of stuff I want to do. Um, I really want to go back and do some longer stuff. I really like the multi-day kind of efforts. It's just mm -hmm. unique and very different. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably doing Tahoe 200 next okay. year. Um, cool. And I'll probably take a stab back at uh, the FKT that I didn't finish um, either. So, sure. um, Cool. Yeah, and then after that, we're getting married in next year, and so I promise to get. <laughs> thank you. I promise to get all my racing done before that, and then take <laughs> a break <laughs> later in the year. <laughs> Fantastic! Fantastic. Um, any folks you want to thank? I mean, you had you know a ton of people supporting you. So, do you want to thank anybody? Yeah, my obviously my whole crew—they were absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, Tim, Holly, Rebecca, Eli, Phil. My brother Taylor and Jessica, his girlfriend, um, they were incredible. Uh, having Mike uh, also racing and staying in the house was just a really cool experience to get to share. How did Mike um, do? 
he did great. He finished um twenty seven hours, I think. Right um, had a, he, I think he had a better, like, felt better during the day than I did. <laughs> I think he had a more enjoyable experience. Um, and his pacer James was really awesome to meet and get to know. Um, I was just really thankful that our house was such a cool experience. I don't think you could recreate what we had. So um, thank you guys for making that a cool experience. And then obviously to Nicole, my coach, and to Pat for all the help. Um, I wouldn't have been here without their help for sure. It was mm -hmm. really cool. They were awesome. And if you're comfortable and people want to connect with you, how can they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um Lauren that runs that for grilled cheese. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a long one, but um, <laughs> I'll put in the the show notes if people want. Yeah, to there you go. Um, are you on Strava as well? I am. Yeah. All right, I'll put those in the show notes. Um, well, that's amazing. Um, anything we didn't cover or anything you want to say before we wrap up? Um. No, I don't think so. Just it was a really cool experience, and uh, thanks for having me to talk about it. Absolutely, Lauren. Congratulations once again. That was awesome. <laughs> so cool. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thank you again to to Lauren for coming on the podcast, for being a part of this, uh, and uh, for being my first guest on the Running Is Life podcast. Congratulations to her. Uh, she made it sub twenty four. Incredible, uh, especially after having a rough rough go at it for so long. So congratulations, Lauren. Uh, wonderful, wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing, and congratulations once again. Uh, it's just awesome. So as I was kind of saying at the beginning of the podcast, um, I have rebranded. Uh, I didn't really feel that MR Running Pains really um, was cohesive with who I am and what I do. Um, you know, I, I kind of get that negative connotation connotation when I hear the word pain. And so running pains, it's just, uh, it, it was more, I would say more appropriate maybe when I was, you know, RDing when I race directed, uh, because, you know, we want our events to be hard and, and painful and suffering and all that, you know, negative connotation that we can associate with racing at times. Uh, but it's not what I do for coaching, nor is it what I want to represent uh, in coaching or in my podcasting. So um, I wanted to rebrand and um, Ash Welsh, uh, she did a wonderful job um, with, uh, with helping me. She is uh, uh, kind of a marketing uh, at Wolf Peak, and she totally redid um, my logo, uh, my website, you know, everything. So you can uh, see the new website, runningislife.run, uh, mrrunningpains.com will forward you to runningislife.run. Uh, and you can see the new brand and, and what I'm up to, um, hear from some of my athletes, a lot of testimonials on there from, from my athletes. You can connect with me on there. Of course, um, you can check out old episodes of the podcast. Uh, we're linking my blog onto there. So a lot of different resources on there. Um, so if you have a moment, jump on over to running his life, uh, dot run and check out the new one. Um, I had this to say, um, about, um, running his life. Um, let's see here. Sorry, I find the. There we go. All right. So, um, I said running is life reflects what our sport teaches us through the trials, tribulations, and obstacles we overcome in running. We can reflect upon and apply these lessons in our daily lives and ultimately improve ourselves. So that's kind of the way I feel about running is life. 
Uh, now, it is a spinoff, of course, from Ted Lasso. Um, Ted Lasso, uh, I think if you watch that show, it, it affects everybody differently, but it had a really good impact on me, especially as, uh, as a coach. Uh, and, um, you know, Danny, one of the characters on the show, um, he, he would say, football is life. And, you know, it's just the joy that running brings, uh, you know, can we bring that into our lives? The, the lessons we learn through running, the, the way that we overcome obstacles and solve problems and find patience, can we apply those things to life? You know, how, how can we represent um, ourselves better in life by using our running? So that's why we connect running is life to, to, uh, to my coaching and podcasting. Um, it's, uh, it's just, a um, kind of a, a synopsis of, of what, what I'm trying to do. So, um, welcome to the new brand running is life. Really happy to see it. I love the logo. Um, Ash, thank you so much for your work. Uh, I'll put a, a link to, to Ash and her services in the, the show notes. Um, cause she did such a fantastic job and, um, she continues to do work. Um, obviously I'm continuing to update logos and stuff. So if you still see the MR running pains logo out there, uh, you know, I just haven't had a chance to, to update something just yet, but, um, so excited about this. Uh, it really feels, um, much more, um, at, at peace with, with it. And I feel, I feel so good about it. So I really appreciate her work and, and all it took to, to, uh, to come to this place. So, um, it's, it's great. Um, (laughs) so thank you, Ash. Um, other things going on, uh, man. So, um, uh, as we record this here, it's July 5th, this will release on July 6th. Um, I've got, uh, Vermont 100 coming up in about 10 days. Um, so, uh, quick turnaround from Western States to Vermont, uh, and Thomas Brown, who is, um, the podcast episode guest, um, not too long ago, maybe three episodes back, um, Thomas uh, and I will reconvene because Thomas finished, uh, Western States. Uh, I don't want to ruin his finish, but, um, he, he did finish it and we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about our preview for Vermont. Um, cause Thomas is also running Vermont. He did old dominion, Western States, and now going into Vermont all three weeks apart, which is incredible. So, uh, we're going to talk to Thomas and he'll be on next week. So next week's guest will be Thomas and I talking about, uh, his Western States experience and our preview of Vermont 100. So stay tuned for that. Um, as far as coaching goes, uh, I do have a few spots that have opened up. So if you're interested in having that conversation about coaching, feel free to, to reach out. Again, you can reach me through the, the website, runningislife.run. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. So feel free to reach out there. So um, lots of stuff going on here, which is crazy, but um, so happy to have all of this uh, going on and in place, um, you know, and uh, man, uh, I just want to say once again, also, uh, that I really appreciate everyone's support, comments, uh, messages, my goodness, um, just overwhelmed uh, with uh, the reception. Um, you know, of, of, uh, of finishing Western States, um, you know, and from my last podcast, uh, I know I got really emotional. Um, it just, you know, it really, it just speaks to how much I really cared about that race. Um, just so happy to have that finish. Um, so thank you all for, for your comments, um, you know, post, post my, my, my previous podcast. Uh, that was, you know, that was amazing. And, uh, so glad to put that out there and I'm so glad I had the reception that it did. So thank you. Um, you know, um, otherwise just got back to running myself. Um, you know, it's, uh, um, 
it's 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 good though um you know i threw on the heart rate strap just to make sure i wasn't going too hard um just kind of staying controlled staying you know staying mild trying to uh keep the legs turning over and feeling okay which i do i'm glad um i'm glad to feel okay uh so you know not not too worse for wear after western states which i'm super happy about and glad to report uh so back to running um you can check that out on strava if you want to follow along and, and see this crazy journey that i'm on um hop on strava uh, a lot of folks ask me questions through there that's great um, i'm happy to answer questions on strava I'm happy to answer questions you know through any platform you know, i get questions that filter in through instagram uh, facebook messenger however you want to contact me that's that's completely fine happy to answer questions and and glad to have those questions. So thank you. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. Um, other than that, uh, my goodness, uh, what else? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's enough for now. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's as, uh, as I move through things here, we'll talk a little bit more about the rebranding, you know, kind of each episode, kind of talking a little bit more about it, but, um, uh, you know, Again, thank you, Ash, for all your work on this. Congratulations once again to uh, t- to Lauren. Uh, just phenomenal finish. Congratulations to Thomas. Uh, just so proud of you, man. Uh, what a what a phenomenal job he did. Um, and uh, you know, once again to you all, thank you. Uh, I continue to to um, move forward. Keep moving forward. That's uh, that's on the front page of my website. Keep moving forward. Love that saying. So you know, until next time. Keep running, my friends.